0: So hi, and welcome to another episode of Sideload, the technology podcast from Edelman, London, where we look at how tech is impacting uh, the way we communicate our relationships with brands and each other, and ultimately society. This episode is full of a few firsts. Um, The first being is that we have our first external guest, which is uh, pretty exciting for us. Uh, And also another first where we have somebody who is on the podcast for the first time. So um, we have Ben Harrow here from Voucher Cloud. He is a SEO expert from the company based out of Bristol, I believe. Yes, yep. Yep. So welcome, welcome Ben. And Christina Petrova from the Edelman London technology team. Christina, thanks for taking the time out of your Very busy day. I know you've had uh, a lot of media inquiries and everything today. So thank you very much. Glad to be here. So we are here to talk about SEO, Search Engine Optimization. It's something that we talk about um, a lot here. and We have a few champions within the team. And um, the reason that you're here, Ben, is that we... Um, We being the royal we, where a couple of our team members went down to uh, Brighton SEO and heard you speak and invited you in. And we've just walked out of a great session where you've talked about some of the things that you do, which is really, really great. So thank you for that. Um, And we're just going to share some ideas, share some thoughts as to what that's about, um, how we should integrate that into traditional press office, which is what Christina is doing, and um, just kind of learn a few things. So sound good to you guys? Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. but I guess a good place to start is, you know, who are you and, and what is Voucher Cloud for? Um, So Voucher Cloud is your classic money-saving
1: brand. We want to rank for anything from ASOS discount codes to your classic travel brand. Basically trying to help you save money with a discount code, which means that when it comes to SEO, it's incredibly competitive because you can rank quite easily in the space with not much effort. But the brands at the top have been around for a long time, which means that there's lots of links lots of competitive content, and generally a tough time as an SEO. So it's a good place to find your grounding in it, I
0: suppose. Sure, sure. And so you describe yourself as an SEO. Yes. Uh, which is interesting because every time, every time somebody calls me APR, it's like I'm not a public relation. But yeah. It's, it's interesting. So what 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 is your role as an SEO? What does that mean?
1: So it varies. I think most people see it split between on-page and off-page SEO. So on-page, especially from where I'm coming from, for a voucher site, a lot of on-page copy and making sure your title tags and your subscriptions are on point. Very competitive. Thousands of merchants. You've got to make sure that every little individual page is working properly. And off-page SEO, which falls more in towards traditional PR type things. So making sure that you're getting good quality links from other sources, that you're linking internally between merchants, and between pages very well. A little bit technical, a little bit creative basically the perfect mix, I think.
0: Sure. And so this is um, a lot of stuff that I think um, people that have been, people that are listening would know about or um, know somebody in their company that does it. Um, How did you get into this area or something you know what did you is this what you want to be when you were growing up so I fell into it in a way I think a lot of other
1: people are as well so falling from journalism to not journalism essentially so I know a lot of people that study journalism or started trying to get out into journalism ended up in PR I went that way too worked with a survey-based company called 72 point who do exclusively survey-based news stories quite interesting quite niche and because I did a lot of outreach with that so trying to get coverage for various news stories especially niche news stories that led me well to going to SEO where a big part of it is trying to get coverage and trying to get links from people. And you can work backwards from then the technical side quite well, but not all that many people know how to do the average side. So I guess that's why it worked quite well for me to come from... A journalism background and work that way.
0: Very, very cool. And I mean, we'll get into the, the, the nitty-gritty of kind of how yeah. you do it and what you do. Um, but Christina, I mean, you're one of our, uh, I don't know whether you like the term media hounds, but you know, I always hear you um, on the phone to, to journalists um, and, and getting lots of amazing coverage. How are you and your team um, using SEO practices in, in what you're doing and, and, and why?
2: Well, SEO has made media relations a lot more exciting. Obviously, the PI industry has changed dramatically, but still the core of our business is still media relations, getting those earned stories out there. And there are quite a few sides to it. So from a media point of view, we found a very interesting use of keywords and SEO. So for example, instead of Pitching a story that we came out at the back of a meeting that we had a, with a client. We would go and proactively see what are often search keywords in an area, let's say... Um, Cybersecurity, for example. So, based on the most search key terms, we would then craft a storyline along those lines, and then go to journalists. and We've seen a dramatic uptick into how media perceives the stories that we offer them, and they also have that that side where they have seen other publications writing about it. They know that there is a, an appetite, and that makes our job much easier uh, from a story storytelling perspective. And then. From a client console perspective, uh, we started using various tools that enable us to tap into the latest readership numbers of publications uh, and actually starting to look at the m- metrics that matter. So for example, instead of looking at the circulation uh, numbers, we are now moving towards uh, checking what what's the unique uh, monthly visitors rate of each publication. And then where it gets more exciting is uh, Basing our media console and media recommendations on the domain of authority of publications So this is a metric that can be from zero to a hundred which basically explains um, How credible this publication is perceived when you are searching for relevant keywords? Um, And let's say that we need to provide a media recommendation for a particular campaign so instead of saying oh this publication is perfect because we believe that uh, the the audience that we want to reach out to is definitely reading it what we would go and do is Have a proper research uh, on keywords from our story and see what publications rank quite up In terms of domain authority and look what journalists are coming up uh, and this is how we base our media recommendation and then Last but not least, um, this is there is a return of investment uh, element to it uh, because um, the fact that we are not going with the old school metrics of print circulation uh, or estimate coverage views, um, we now prove the benefits of our work and in investing that time to work with specific outlet. So there are plenty of users across the board from a media perspective, from a client perspective, and from a story building perspective. And as I said in, earlier, this has made media relations much more exciting and definitely taking the industry a step ahead where we look at what the innovations are, really.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, even in my own work, I can. it's, it's much more exciting when you can go to uh, the client and say, here is uh, your your company on Google search trends over the last month, and these spikes here is when our coverage appeared, and that's an element of SEO, which which um, you know it can show real business objective, yeah. right? And I guess that that's what we're that's what we're all um, heading towards. We know that people are finding and discovering content through search more and more. So what this is allowing. Um, allowing to happen is that it's just more easily discoverable right that's what we're talking about here which is I think a nice segue into something Ben which you talked about quite a bit which is link building you know um, which is a big big focus of what you do Yeah, it's increasingly a a huge part of what I do because especially in our industry it's so
1: competitive that links are one of the unique ways to set yourselves apart and I quite liked the discussion about tracking links and assigning quality to coverage. Cause even things like domain authority and page authority now in the SEO space, they're being looked on as a little bit suspicious themselves, despite the fact it's something new in the sometimes new in the PR space, there are things like trust flow, which is a majestic SEO metric, and especially using circulation numbers as a combination, despite the fact we've got these new ways to judge the quality of coverage and the quality of a link itself even these are continually being sort of target is outdated and target is a bit suspect. Mm-hmm. And I think it's definitely a challenge in for PR and for SEO to tackle the ways in which we value the content. And I think there are so many different ways. You can almost look at five, six plus different metrics to value just a single piece of coverage. But I don't think any of us have
0: got time to, to assign that much. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I mean, um, look, we're, we've jumped straight into um, some of the, the nitty gritty here already. Um, so if we take a step back here, when we talk about you know, link building and ultimately helping make content more discoverable. What what are we, what are we talking about in, in very basic terms? So for
1: most, it's very close to PR. I think for most internal SEOs like me, working at one company and doing your best to get coverage and links for one company, it's about storytelling, but sometimes you can go a little bit further away from the storytelling and just do content for the sake of links, almost. Sometimes coverage is coverage regardless of the messaging that you have involved in it, which is something that rings quite badly in a lot of PR professionals ears because a lot of the quality of the coverage is judged on sometimes bylines, the comments you get in there, the the quality of the written piece whereas for an SEO like me sometimes if you get a link in an article regardless of how poorly it's written it's a success and that can be a little bit controversial but link building can come in many different ways. For me coming from a voucher company Sometimes it can just be somebody liking a Groupon code that we had live and therefore giving us a link saying you should use this code. Great, targeted quality coverage, but then we also create assets and traditional PR campaigns, you could say, to try and get coverage. And a mix of those two is... The way that we go, and I think the way a lot of companies go when they don't have a lot of budget to put towards creating stories with heavy datasets and things sure, like sure. that.
0: And so you've hit the magic B word there, which is budget. Um, so you, I mean, you guys um, have shown how, with a small company and a lean team, you can do some, you know, really interesting work. And what are some of the key considerations um, when you're looking to do link building without a huge investment?
1: I think one of the key things that we like to go out with is an interesting, unique approach to data. When you go with data, there aren't many questions that can be asked from a journalist as to why something you're producing is interesting because you've got a whole unique data set that you can bring to the table. But the challenges involved in that is that especially if you're not putting a massive amount of budget towards it so that basically puts surveys off the table that puts a lot of research agencies off the table you're looking at public data sources which means that you're looking at the same things as every other competitor you could ever have or ever want to wish to have just the competition between things is intense so you have to get incredibly creative and incredibly unique with the way that you look at things And sometimes well as you can imagine that's quite tricky
0: yeah for sure Christina, when you're then speaking with clients, I mean, what are some of the conversations that you've had or some of the challenges you've had in convincing clients that this is a worthy investment of, you know, your time, which is essentially what they are paying for?
2: I think that we've actually moved to a more of a SEO integrated uh, comms marketing work, instead of just pushing our agenda and what's exciting for us with clients. And this is why we've been so successful into building up our SEO offering in past months. So instead of justifying why investment is needed from the client's perspective. We've been very smart about the practices that we've adopted internally. So we have invested a huge amount of time to actually go out to our media contacts and do the investigations to understand what is it exactly that they're doing, because. Across all publications, from nationals all the way to trade and niche outlets, everyone is at a very different stage of their SEO development. Some publications do not link back because they see that as promoting specific vendor. Some publications link back to uh, their existing articles to keep the traffic within their publications. And then there's always the challenge that some uh, an article, let's say, might be talking about particular research, but you wouldn't see a link back to the, the actual research. So that that kind of slows down the, the process for consumers and readers of that article to actually go and see where you would land and read through the actual research. Because sometimes it, something might have been taken out of context. Um, and then there are, there are some very interesting insights that we've obtained, for example, Publications know what's attracting click-throughs to their websites. One thing is that, let's say, uh, consumer technology publications, they know that the likes of top 10 products for Halloween would attract plenty of traffic because people will be looking for those things. So this is the type of content that they invest a lot of time in. And this is the type of uh, articles we try to get inclusion for our clients. And then there is the additional layer of best practices. You need to work with your media targets and the journalists who you are working on crafting a story to, first of all, understand what type of link they would include. So some publications would include a link back to a landing page on a vendor website, but some might prefer to link to a PDF that outlines um, anything that their pieces, uh, anything that what you've offered talks about. So there is a lot of you need to invest the time to understand how the media landscape has been changing with seo becoming a such a important part because um as ben said there is a lot of competition among media as well and while the people who read specific print publication will always read that print print publication when it comes to online people go to the publications with the strongest content but similarly with the most optimized content because when they search for something specific the article that comes on top of their uh, research and their google box uh, is what they open really
0: yeah for sure i mean only i think it was uh, recently for the first time i had to deliver uh, uh, feedback to a client said the reason that your story didn't get coverage is it doesn't rank well on seo Um, the journalist actually said that you know what that actually doesn't get us enough clicks because of um, you know SEO and that's why and so that's something which is which has been changing right um, You have just spoken about you know link chasing so that is trying to get journalists to or, or outlets to include links back to um, a Website whether it be a product or general company website Staying with you Christina when you've had these conversations What have been some of the challenges where you've been successful and then I'd love to hear you know about Ben's experience?
2: Yeah, sure. So as mentioned, you start with understanding what the journalist requires and what's the easiest for them to link back to. Uh, And if you know that this is the type of publication or journalist who would include a link back to something that you've offered, uh, you need to offer it up front. You you shouldn't be shy. You should even if your pitch to a journalist starts with a link back to what you're offering them, that's absolutely fine because you save them time from for uh, from looking for the right link to link back to. And most of the time, if you have seven different links included within the, your press release or within your pitch, they 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 would have wouldn't have a clue where they have to link back. And then if you do that, it will be much easier for you to secure that link back because if you go to them without any links and they publish the article, odds are that they are not that likely to go back and include the link to something that's already being published because as publication editorial teams are shrinking, they don't have that much time to invest in stuff that's already been done. So it's about doing the extra work before you even approach them with a story.
0: So you're saying to... um ask for the link straight away or be selective in what you provide to them? Or, you know, what's what's mm-hmm. that proactive step?
2: First of all would be to, to evaluate what is the most important link for you. Where do you want uh, your the readers of that publication to land? And what is the action required? It might be just read this interactive map or it might be download this document. It depends on what goals you set for your campaign. And then start your pitch by saying, hi, this is what we have. And hyperlink where possible, but stick to one link. You don't have to link back to multiple places if you don't need people to go to that link. And then it, it won't hurt anyone if you say, by the way, if you do want to link back to this um, story, you can use this link, and that's all you need to do.
0: Ben, what's what's your experience with uh, with link tracing? I
1: think it's interesting to hear, again, I guess, from the different side, because from our side, we're looking for a link in more or less any way shape or form so it's less about the messaging and less intense on that so that means that we try and provide as much as possible that is uniquely linkable and as much as possible that ensures that a journalist can't get away with not linking to us so it's the seemingly common sense things that you seem sometimes forget about like hosting images on your own internal domain so if somebody links back to the asset that you've potentially created whether it be a chart or a map or something like that if they link back to a image hosted on your own url rather than using Imgur or using an external third-party source because sometimes they can just link to that version of the image which is fine they link it back to the original piece of content but that link value isn't coming anywhere near you or your website and that's very stressful and that's something that we've encountered with our own projects actually we lost a good handful of links, more links than I'd want to admit, by not having image hosting functionality on our own site, which is something that we've tackled and something that we've improved on, something that has fixed a lot. And it's the same with data. Sometimes it's useful to share a Google Sheets, the original data form that you've got with a piece of content, but then you risk a journalist linking to that directly rather than to you, which again, you lose out entirely on the link value. You still get the coverage and you still get a good brand mention, but if you're looking for backlinks, that can be quite tricky because seeing a link go to a Google Sheet or to yeah like an external site like imga or something like that will really frustrate you and it can sort of halt a campaign in its
0: tracks a little bit yeah and um i'd love to talk uh, a little bit more about data but before we do uh, and, and also um, one of the other interesting stories you had um was around how you guys got into the front page of Reddit, which is almost like the the holy grail. So hold, hold that thought for a second, because um, we'd love to talk about that. But as we do with Sideload, we're just going to pause for a moment and take a listen to what happened on the last episode, where we spoke with a couple of uh, graduates from last year and our chief operating officer about, you know why would anyone actually want to go into tech communications? First of all, I think there's a kind of stance towards the
1: world, which is a kind of openness to flex it and be open to change. Um, And I don't mean that in a superficial way, I mean that in quite a fundamental way. Um, My view is, um, in terms of the workplace, and I think this has served me quite well, is to keep most things provisional in your head. So rather than getting to a point where you think things are set and this is what it is, you you are always open to the idea that what you have achieved, what is before you, is provisional. It's gonna move, it's gonna shift. Um, And I think having a a willingness to embrace that rather than fight against it is is the first thing. It's like a mindset shift.
0: And uh, welcome back to Sideload, where we are talking about SEO and links and all kinds of fun, nerdy stuff. And we've got Ben and Christina here for that. Um, Before the break, Ben, I mentioned about how you guys got onto the front page of Reddit. Yeah, one how, of the more fun link building experiences that we have had. T- t- I'm talk to me about how I can achieve such greatness. And, and starting with, you know, what it is that it was and yeah. how you did it. So this is potentially my favorite link building project
1: and definitely the most successful one that we've had at Azure Cloud. We created a map that showed every country's top rated tourist attraction according to TripAdvisor, which... Sounds like a simple thing on first glance, but then when you realise that the UK seems to vote Harry Potter world towards the top, and which, that the which US, is awesome, but I've been, I've admittedly been, awesome. It is awesome. Not sure how many Brits would be a fan of that ranking above all of the other wonderful places you can visit in our country. But yeah, so Central Park in the US, Eiffel Tower not becoming not being ranked above Musée d'Orsay was quite interesting as well. So this map did really well because it had those interesting talking points, everything on one place. And after a year of intermittent outreach, getting varying success, levels of success, a small snippet of the map that we made for Europe, just because we thought it might be interesting for Europeans at some point, hit the front page of Reddit. It's a good example of having to be reactive to things because we had tried to see this on Reddit. Reddit is notoriously difficult to try and get, um, try and get engagement on, picking the right subreddit putting the right tone of voice across. We put it on the map-led subreddits and thought that would work quite well. Did okay. A couple of hundred upvotes, not too bad. But then some wonderful person out there like to say thank you to him at some point in the future, but God knows who he is or who he is, put it on the European subreddit. And it flew to about 9,000 upvotes as we were watching it and trying to figure out where traffic was coming from for a little while. And then we figured it out and then we were enjoying it. And that means reactive chasing of coverage. As you mentioned, a lot of link chasing and... Sometimes you can make a good project and have
0: to react to how well it does. Yeah, for sure. So, so thinking about the steps that you guys took, you were looking at creating a really interesting piece of content. You had an idea to take the uh, most popular... Yeah, the, top, the top-rated. Top-rated, yeah. top-rated sites across the world on as TripAdvisor. You put it into a map, um, you host it on your site, yeah. and then a user, after, after placing it in a couple of different places, Yeah somebody decided hey this is really interesting to share it then got placed on reddit and then um, it got upvoted so what it really was was just a really great piece of content
1: yeah that we originally placed not in perhaps the right place we did get good coverage with it so it hit a lot of the national newspapers in the uk but sometimes especially with sites like reddit you just can't predict what's going to happen or what's
0: going to prove popular and and what did you what did you learn from that because one of the interesting things about that is that it's not your data yeah. So one of the things that a lot of companies um, have a challenge with is data. One is how much do I invest in collecting it, and what do I collect, and then how do I gain insights from it? What do I use um, externally, and the benefits of that? I mean, can you talk me through what you see as the advantages and challenges of using? data that's not your own
1: yeah so I'd say we're quite resourceful in the sense that we don't have a lot of budget to put towards it so we have to get quite creative with using public data sources so sometimes we think of an idea that might work like how expensive are hotels how expensive is getting a takeout in the UK and seeing what data sources are available to cover those gaps because we can't fork out budget to do surveys we can't fork out budgets for official research so we try and find the public data sources or the company data sources that work so with the TripAdvisor map this was public-facing data. Every country you search for on TripAdvisor has the top-rated thing to do. It's simply a matter of going to each country, drawing it out, adding some categorization to it and adding it onto a map. It's resourceful and you have to think of the topics you want to go with in advance and have a story in mind. There's obviously infinite data out there that can be used just need to be thinking about the right ways to frame it and the right ways to share it with the public and pick out the news hooks it's all about news mm-hmm. hooks it's thinking about what will be interesting potentially not for you to share but for people to read and for as you said
0: journalists to publish and to get good clicks through to and it goes back to that um that central tenet which is really knowing your audience and what they're interested in right so at the risk of uh, you giving away too many secrets in your in your kit bag what are some of the tools that you'd like to use or willing to, to share? Um, so we
1: found actually very success using keyword planners, so using Google facing data, although there is a lot of content out there that uses this quite badly autocomplete maps and things like that. So I'm looking for blank and then putting a map of that based on what different countries say Autocomplete complete data is consistently sporadic. will always show something different depending on where you're searching from really inconsistent, but framing that data in your own unique way can still be powerful. Same with all of these varied public data sources. We've created a piece of content using higher education services data, not got to the level of freedom of information requests, but using those traditional means that although take a lot of time, are still very powerful to use. Um, we tend to get more creative with our tools to chase coverage and collect coverage. But I think it's the key thing is to have a good brainstorming team and to have a good news sense. If you get that and you think about good stories first, Sometimes you won't be able to find a data source that covers it, but a lot of the time you'll be able to dig something out that covers exactly what you need it to.
0: Christina, on a similar question without giving away your your bag of tricks, what are some of the tools and uh, if not specifically the tools like um, you know measures that you're looking at um, in day-to-day press office activity?
2: It's very interesting because what we found to be most useful within our work is actually clients providing us with access to their analytics, whether it's Adobe or Google Analytics, because having insight into where traffic comes from and what, which coverage or which piece of article that secured was best positioned and generated most interest really enables us to think about our media strategy, who we go to what type of content we produce, um, where do we place it on the website, is it very intuitive? And this has been a key source for inspiration for us and the more access we get uh, into client's analytics, the the better work we can do as we kind of move into a very SEO-driven um, area in comms marketing.
0: And I mean, this is going to become more and more important, right, when we're talking about SEO at the moment, um, okay. we are talking about, uh, what, what do we call the snippets at the top of a Google search? Answer boxes. That's the one. Previously, it was the 10 blue links, but now with a lot more mm. virtual assistants and things like Amazon Echo and Google search, we're talking about being served you know, just one result um, and, and how do you become that one result, right? So, it's going to be more and more important. I mean, is, is, is that on your radar yet? Um, It's it's a dangerous thing, especially because for us as a voucher site,
1: we need people to click through for us to get revenue. We need to drop a cookie. We need to actually get click throughs from our site. So if somebody gets all their answers from the answer box, kind of causes a few issues. I think that's been the problem with answer boxes across the whole industry. So there was a big discussion about lyric websites. So when people were searching for generic song lyrics, I want to know the lyrics to this song if the Google answer box was showing the whole shebang, they were completely skipping any click that the website would get itself and were serving the user purpose. So the user was very happy, but this site was basically having all of its content scraped and gaining no reward for it. They rank first, potentially, answer boxes don't need to come from the site that ranks first, but you're potentially ranking first and getting no click or no reward in terms of putting that content together so although they serve the user purpose they can be quite dangerous and it's the same for a voucher company if we show the code that the user would need to get the money off we're giving everything away for free so to speak so it's dangerous but at the same time if google wants to show an answer box we want to be the person that ranks there because if we don't a competitor will and we'd rather get that traffic however valuable it is as opposed to someone else and answer boxes are useful to serve user purpose but they've kind of tied the hands of a lot of seos in a lot of different industries and it'll be interesting to see how they evolve and what other industries they expand out to because it
0: could cause a few more problems going forward so guys we're covered off a lot here and i feel that this episode has been really in the true spirit of sideload which is capturing a lot of the corridor conversations happening in the building and you know we've gone down a lot of winding corridors in this episode um, I feel that we do need to give the people that have stuck with this this far a little bit of a gift to take away because they've probably heard a lot of different things. Um, so, you know, what would you say to those people who want to integrate this type of thinking into their work and be able to, you know, um, become SEO experts and just a little bit more clued up in this area? Uh, I mean, Ben. I think in terms of link building, I've mentioned
1: it before, but there's a very good chance that your competitors have done something either better than you've done or as equally good as you have done. So if you're trying to find a way to seed content, trying to think of interesting avenues to go down in terms of thinking about new content and generally trying to think about new ways to link build, take a good in-depth look at what your competitors are doing and finding out where they're getting mentioned and where they're getting coverage from. And there's a good chance that that will spark ideas. Sometimes we basically don't creep on our competitors enough or other people in our industry that are doing creative, interesting, unique ways and things, especially when it comes to SEO. It's a very competitive space and there's always someone pushing and pushing the threshold of doing something new. So it's very
0: important to keep chasing. For sure. Christina?
2: So I would say, ensure that you know, start with planning ahead for what is it that you want people to do, people that have your link. Do you want them to download the report? Do you want them to preview a video? Second, make sure that you give them the link that will enable them to that one thing that you want them to do. And three, by all means, tap into your analytics because this is by by far the most valuable tool that you have on your hands. And this is what will enable you to track purchases made on your website, track traffic, or kind of tap into that number of downloads of your latest white paper.
0: For sure, and as you were saying before, it makes everything that we do is just a little bit more interesting and when you can have a conversation which is goes beyond did you get my press release then uh, you know everyone's everyone's happy so look um ben thank you so much for making the trip it's my pleasure thanks for having me coming in today and, and sharing lots of lots of knowledge And Christina, I'll let you get back to hitting those phones. Um, So thank you again for your time. And for everyone that's listening, thank you. And please do share, subscribe uh, through the Edelman UK podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we will see you next time.